Welcome to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. We hope here to equip, empower, and inspire a global community of creatives through rich, Christ-focused conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. Um, I skipped this last time, but here's who's in the studio today. We've got Aaron, Neil, Chris, and Samantha. Sammy, Samantha, as you prefer, and then Hunter on the mic. Okay, um, we started a series on modern monasticism and what does it mean to have a well-ordered inner life. And I want to start this session with sort of this idea, whatever we do, it starts at home. And whatever we think about in this in this process, like let's let's bring it right to our front door. How do we manage these questions at home and at work and at church? And, uh, and so these are places where they each have their own demands. They each have their own, uh, their own expectations. And I thought that, um, Aaron, you talked about um, kind of family, like how that mm-hmm. works in the family a little bit. But it, I think we can explore that a lot more. Um, we certainly will talk about work. In fact, I'll start there. Um, then we'll also talk about uh, the church since most of us have a, a piece of that. So... We've had some ideas around Soma games that we're trying to implement. And I, we're, we're going to talk about some things I think now where the truth matters is we have not done them very well. I believe in them, but we have found them challenging. Um, and they're around the same question of like, what is our cadence? Um, which is to say, we cannot be, nor do we want to be, busy, 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 busy all the time. Mm. Like, that's not good. Um, it's not good for our souls. It's not good for the, I don't think it's good for creativity, blah, blah, blah. You want us to not be productive sometimes? Is that what you're saying? I don't want to be busy, 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 busy. Okay. Um, and I think there, so uh, I can't remember who did it. It was Ubisoft Montreal. They started doing four-day weeks. Mm. Like this is actually, we're not the only people talking about this kind of stuff. Um, but I'll tell you some things that we put up on the board that we uh, kind of learned over time. One is that we don't want to launch in Q4. Mm. And this is being aware that whenever you launch a product, there's just a lot of additional busyness it's the marketing, it's the bug reports, it's all that stuff. A lot of that additional stuff goes on. Leading up to the launch and then after the launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a noisy period. Mm-hmm. Full. Now we don't want that. In, in, in the past, we have often, I, and I don't even know why, we wound up launching on or around Christmas and Thanksgiving. Like these became things that were just, I don't know, they sort of happened. Christmas sales. Christmas sales. That's a good point. That's that, probably why. That's what all, that's almost always been the reason that you have given, uh, given us is we need to make sure we're ahead of Christmas sales. Or in some, one case, I know it was also because uh, we had a contract with someone who, with, with another uh, company that that's true. It was like we have to have this out by the end of the year, mm-hmm. not like that, not like a that was their deadline. Thing. It was like had to be out before the end of December. So what I'm hearing you say is like I am the biggest uh, offender in this topic, uh, which is fair. <laughs> like I have driven these decisions, and I I believe them to be in error. It, yeah, it, it, there's partially that. And then also, at least at SOMA, there is a respect part that has been respected that I really appreciate at the beginning. I, I, and still appreciate the fact that at the end of the year, um, there's a two two weeks that are taken off at Christmas, mm. or the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's. Part of it is because some, uh, because there's families at SOMA that are trying to work around the school year part so they can actually have time with kids. Also, it's yeah. nice to have that rest time. 
But with those then Q4 launches that we have had in the past, it just <laughs> crunched everything before then that we had to get done during yes. then. And then we get bug reports during that two weeks we had <laughs> off, which meant coming back to January, January was just so much more stressful. Mm, which is to say it sucked. Yes. Yes. Like, kind of so, good idea, bad execution. Yes. Exactly. So I want to say two years ago, which I guess is sort of like a year and a half technically, we decided let's not launch anything in Q4 for 2021. Hmm. We didn't quite hit that goal. But I know that we work towards it. And so like uh, Lost Legends came out of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but as launches go, it was pretty chill. Mm. And I think that worked pretty well. But that was a decision we made that frankly, depending on, on your marketing, said like maybe that was a bad business choice because mm. we're not coming out live at Christmas. Like right or wrong, it was a decision we made. Um, and it reminds me, then we also have this idea on the board that we want to deliberately have fallow time. So occasionally it is the either the stare at the wall time it is. So it's like the, the city is like paid time where your productivity is nothing. And you can work on your own project. You can do training. You can stare at the wall. Who cares? But it's deliberate to be fallow. And we do that in the, in the idea of every seven, uh, every seven days you have a rest from, uh, I'm sorry that the land has a rest mm. from the, the, uh, the, the labor, like or this idea of sh of Sabbath and Shemitah, these are kind of cooked into the Bible. And so we have this idea, like we want fallow time so that our, our creativity, our minds renew. And then lastly, which was new, and we still don't know what to do with it, is that whole idea of what if the land was fallow for a whole year mm. and didn't do anything? I am convinced that means something for us. Um, I do not know what it means or how to do it. <laughs> but we do know that the land rests not the farmers not the farmers the farmers yeah. yeah the farmers that that's when you sharpen your tool set mm. it's when you fix the wagon and mm. groom the horses and train new dogs or something like <laughs> you know you get the yeah there's still stuff to do but it's not the but normal it's a different do yeah. yeah it's the normal the, the normal land right the crops do not grow so we were talking through what does that look mm -hmm. like for us we're not working on a main project. And it's also huh. biblically preceded by mm. a triple harvest. Yeah, I believe triple it was, harvest. So that you can survive for that year, mm. the the year you don't crop, and then the year that, or the half a year where you're sowing anew and waiting for the next crop. Mm. Can I so. just point out when this idea was on our hearts, and it still is, so I don't, I, but I started doing some research and I actually reached out to several rabbis. Ah. I'm like, can you tell me how this works? None of them knew. <laughs> Literally, I, there's a lady who wrote a book on Shemitah, mm -hmm. and she didn't know the and, and like, what do you mean you don't know? And they're like, well, you know, because it's about letting the land rest. I'm like, yeah, what does that actually mean? What do you do with it? And they're like, uh, I don't know. I, I was shocked. Nobody knew the answer on how this actually works. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure there is someone out there. Hopefully, yes. someone will hear this and give me an answer. But I could not find an answer to the question. Hmm. And it was weird. Farmers. What? Well, there's one out there right now. We'll go get him. <laughs> and so I don't know if like no one has thought through this or just I can't find him. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I, obviously it's not an obvious answer. Well, so vaguely related to that. Um, and just recently we had the our first. So it used to be at Soma our fallow weeks when we had them was this undirected general like, I don't know, do something, whatever you feel called to do, which was fun. But. We, for the first time, decided to do a sort of directed fallow week. We took the idea of like the amnesia fortnight from Double Fine and we decided we were going to do a, was it one week or two week? Two week game jam? Two weeks. Two week we game did two jam. week game jam. 
And so we sat down with our, everybody pitched like different game ideas and we broke out into two little groups and just went at it. We're like, all right, we're going to see how far we can get with a game idea in two weeks. And now if we had all grouped together, we would have fallen into our regular roles, doing mm. our normal job um, stuff. But by because we broke into these two smaller factions, we ended up with a team where all the programmers <laughs> were doing the programming and then figuring out how to do art. And then we had a bunch of artists doing the art and then figuring out how to do code. Right. And what we found is that not only was it kind of an exciting little breakup in the schedule, it was working on something new and fresh after years and years of working on the same IP. Everybody got to have a little bit of creative input, but there was an immediate payoff of like, because I started doing things that I wouldn't normally do, like I had some immediate cross training of like, oh, well, I'm going to learn how to do UI and coding and this and that. Like I just started dabbling in all these things that then like, I think literally a month after this game jam, it was like, oh, we have a new project that's like a little two-week turnaround for a client, and we need this kind of stuff done with this small team. And it's like, all these things that I had just taught myself how to do came in handy. Like, the I used all of my UI training, and I actually pulled my little scripts that I was walked through how to, how to write, and then used them for that project like there was just all this immediately like and it for me anyway it clicked and like this is what it is to sharpen your tools to to fix your shed to patch the roof mm. you're building new tool sets skill sets and getting better at doing things cleaning it up and then being able to go at a new project fresh with all that i think it's great and you guys have probably heard of google monday or like this so i can't remember what this is called there's a name oh, for friday yeah so the idea like that they, what they say is like you get 20% of your time to work on your pet project. It's interesting that that made a lot of news when it came out. What people started talking about as it's gone on a little bit is like the dirty secret is like it's actually 120% Monday or Friday or whatever it is because uh, you're expected to do that work and all of your other work. Oh, So there's actually no grace for it. Um, you're just allowed to work extra. <laughs> uh, and, so, and they own that too. Um, mm. and so there is definitely a mixed bag at Google and people are saying like, well, it was it's like, it's, and, and it could be that the bean counters don't like it. Like, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's mm. not, it's not a resounding success with some years behind it. Mm. Um, but I do think people love the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and Sammy, what you just said is like the ability just to do something different in what you want. And that feels really good. The, and the reason I wanted to bring that up as an example of, what we want to do at Soma is create a regular cadence that is predictable. Um, and so this notion like we know, as Aaron said, we're, we're going to have this time off for, for winter. We know when the family mm. reunion event is. We know when Imladris is. Like these are on the calendar years ahead of time. We need to do better at this. Like kind of making sure that that, is, that that includes some other things. But I realized like with, um, with the Jewish festivals, there was this annual cadence that everyone knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've got these three holidays that are really tight together, three another holidays in the fall and the spring. You got Pentecost in the middle, but there was this cadence to everything they did. And uh, and I, I feel like that's a piece that I really want to see mm -hmm. in the way that we work. Um, it's just a pattern. 
Um, we can keep talking about work, but I realize we also want to talk about church and home, and I don't want to take up the whole time. It's interesting. I was just reading an article yesterday, and I should dredge it back up and figure out, find the, the sources, but they were saying that between all like the the festivals and holidays and fasting and this and that, <laughs> that back in, in those days, like people were only working the land or their jobs or whatever for something like 200 out of 365 days. Oh, wow. And those days were like eight hours max, mm -hmm. like, or the, like maybe on paper, they look like a 12 hour day, but they had two hour lunches and a siesta. Like <laughs> they, they did not work as much as we do these days. Mm. And you're back to the thing you said in the last episode. It's like for all of the technology, it didn't give us more space. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me, as you're talking about that, it reminds me of family culture and, and then also like national culture and some of the stuff that my wife Dorothy comes from, which is the Korean culture, is mm. the busyness of their culture is more so than here even. Really? And it's it's so strange, when especially when you're talking about school um, in the last podcast, last podcast, it reminded me of their style of school system and how they push all of the students super hard, especially through high school up into college and mm -hmm. so on. And their hours are just crazy. So like the busyness factor is even multiplied or at least greater in certain cultures. So like the family life and how you really go at it is very different, I think, per per different background as well. So besides the different uh, work cultures, we just talked through Soma's work culture and how they do that. I think the family culture at home really determines how people understand how to take moments of rest. Even the holiday systems are different and so on in different cultures like you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Like everybody has obviously their own responsibility to keep their time sacred, to make sure they are making the correct choices and not taking on too much. Like and learning how to say no and set boundaries like that was a learning curve for me is a learning curve for me like you know knowing how to be like oh actually my plate is full let's not put more potatoes on it mm -hmm. um but then there's also the side that says like learn how to respect other people's times uh you know try to make sure that there is an out that it's okay to say no um you know, when, when trying to solicit like, Hey, we want you to volunteer for this or that, or we want you to, to, to host this event or, or participate in this other thing. Like something's got it. Uh, yeah, I guess being willing to say no, but also feeling like it's okay to say no. Yeah. Is yeah. where the, the work and the, the church and the home can all kind of work together and find an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which makes it so just because you, you mentioned it, I want to talk about church a little bit. And there's this old and probably true statement that in, a, in most volunteer organizations, churches expect especially, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Hmm. And I don't know. Every, I've never really been behind the scenes at a church, so I couldn't speak to this much. But there's this notion that there are always way more things that everyone wants to get done and frankly expect to get done and not nearly enough people to do it. Um, and, and it's an interesting thing cause I, I can understand from an organizational standpoint, like you need people to do the stuff, right? Everything from serve the coffee to clean the bathroom, like it's all got to get done. Someone's got to do it and you don't have 
the kind of payroll to pay a bunch of like janitorial service. Like, like you can't do that. So you really count on volunteers. Mm. But on the other side, you have people, I think, put often in an awkward position where you show up and all of a sudden there's this expectation that you will volunteer your time. And it's not a bad expectation. I don't think it's wicked, but it sometimes it goes too far. Yeah, because I know I used to volunteer at my church. I did. I worked in the uh, the baby sitting watching room, the kids room, um, and I also did, like I would do VBS and and some of the other little events and stuff. Uh, and something that I thought worked really well that I realized that a lot of places didn't do later on as I got to things is that they had rotational shifts. So if you were oh. The person working the kid room you were not the only person always working the kid room mm-hmm. there was like three or five other st- like students my age and stuff that we we swapped out so it wasn't an every week commitment hmm. which made it way more approachable to volunteer because it wasn't oh every sunday until i die <laughs> i am now doing this job it's okay i'm doing this like once a month and then it became sort of a treat and excitement like hey it's you know i'm i'm being involved this week or like, oh, because, you know, I do it this Sunday and the next Sunday I get to, you know, do other things. Um, and maybe, maybe it's just me because I don't like being pigeonholed into doing the same thing all the time. Like, I like variety. So it, it's always way more approachable when it's a smaller commitment or not a forever commitment. Like, that way I can do multiple things. What's the solve to all this? And so... I want to, and so this will, this will be back, back at home, at work, at church. It feels to me like one of the things that, that I want to do at Soma and that we have tried to do deliberately is, is that question like, do you actually deliberately budget your time? Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you have to budget down to the penny on everything, right? But the notion of like, we are setting things on our calendar very specifically. Um, and we're thinking about it. We're not just reacting to the moment. We're creating a schedule and a cadence on purpose. And don't get me wrong. It's a moving target. and We don't always do it great. But I do think that's part of it is just to treat it like a resource and to make sure that you're setting aside for God specifically. Like, like do you have that in your time budget? Mm. Um, so I think the other day, it's like, if if God gets less of your time than your social media, like something's off. So it just reminded me, like, I don't schedule time for, for Facebook. And yet there it is, <laughs> sucking up moments you know, at every opportunity. Um, and uh, so I don't know, just talk to me about this idea of scheduling and budgeting time. Uh, seasons come to mind where you have seasons of, of the normal cadence of busy, regular schedule, um, full days, whatever, but then seasons of rest, but those seasons of rest could be at home, church, um, and then work and each one, you know, has its own time. So like, especially if you are listening to what the Lord's saying, that was the other, one of the pieces this year is like. He, he was saying more rest, especially recently. It's like, oh, I, I'll, I'll actively do that. I'll put that into my schedule and not book a bunch of things in the evenings to go hang out with a bunch of friends um, or make a bunch of, you know, dinner plans. And then like work has been way different this, this time too. It's like, well, that's interesting how those are lining up because I'm listening to what, you know, he's saying. So that's part of it is scheduling out the moments of rest when you, when you know you're getting the nudges. Okay, this is a season to rest. Because other seasons are not as restful. Hmm. Yeah. It occurs to me like one of the things is also boundaries. So like 
again, I have to maintain like the integrity of my boundaries. The last probably two, three weeks in particular, I keep trying to set aside time to write some things to get like, I, I want to do this, but I am horrible at, at like protecting that time. Mm. And so it's a meeting, it's a call, it seems important. It's like, there's a thousand things you're like, oh, you're available? Like, I will take that time, right? And it, no one's doing anything bad, but I suck at actually protecting that time. Mm. I just, because I f it's a good part in my heart, I think, that wants to meet people, that wants to provide what they need, if it, even if it's just FaceTime or whatever else. Like, it, it's not an evil part of me that doesn't want that. It's a good part of me. It's a good piece in my heart that wants to help. But I, I realize how much, but then I never do the thing that I tried to schedule aside, or, or at least it's punted and punted and punted and punted and punted. Hmm. So that's not, like, I'm stinking right now at that. Like, I'm totally fumbling. See, I know we've talked about this under spiritual warfare, that if the enemy can't get you to, like, to uh, cast aside your values, he will use them against you and just make you overbook. Mm. He will make you so busy that you can't perform your duties effectively. Um, that is so true and so horrible. <laughs> I know. Like, I've, I feel that. Modern tactics of the enemy. Keep you extra busy. Hmm, that sounds about right. <laughs> For what the world's Cause, doing. Because I believe we talked about that when we were like, okay, we want more work. We want to, you know, get... We need jobs, but we were like, we know that we could get in a place where we have, where, so we could have too many that it could right. just really shoot us in the foot. And that was a place to be careful. And I'm realizing that not, you know, that yeah. happens individually as well as corporately. Mm -hmm. We're, uh, we're about at 20 minutes here. And I, so I wanted to throw out, this is something to listeners. If any of you are basically in a leadership, running a company, that kind of stuff. I just want to say, like, it's got to begin at the top, which is to say, if there's a value for time, for Jesus, for prayer space, I think that it has to start at the corporate top level. Um, like, it's not enough to, in, to sort of, quote, encourage your people to spiritual growth if you don't actually provide that for them. Um, if you don't actually make real deliberate choices and often sacrifices to that end. And, and I'm realizing how challenging that is. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm more and more convinced. Take Sabbath as an example. Like, it's easy to say, hey, don't work on the Sabbath. Um, and Aaron, you just told the story in a couple of podcasts ago about how that notion of like, we also don't want our contractors to work on the Sabbath. Mm. And, and not just like we sort of say that lip service, but we mean it. Don't do that. Um, and it, it sounds like you could start with like, I won't pay you if you work on a Sunday. Uh, or, or like pick your day, but whatever. And at first that sounds really cranky and ornery, like you're robbing someone of their livelihood. But on the other hand, if you don't do something like that, there is this world pressure just to keep being productive, keep being productive. So you really have to break that mold deliberately. Um, and I think it has to be at the corporate level or else people just have to squeeze it in between other things. I remember very fondly just that one time that we ended up working both Saturday and Sunday to meet a deadline. And when we came in on Monday, Chris is like, you all go home right now, take a rest. <laughs> and it was just, it was nice just because it gave like, a, we didn't feel guilty because I think we all secretly wanted to take Monday off because we worked through Sunday, but didn't have the guts to ask. And then it was like having that command, like go home and take your Sabbath was just so good 
like thank you very much mm. all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna pinch this one off and call it good for today um haven't used that phrase in a while so uh <laughs> going back to old favorites um and we'll pick up on another session thanks very much thank you for joining us for today's conversation you can find us online at somasoulworks.org and continue these conversations with our small group curriculum we hope to see you next time and have a great